0: everybody, and welcome to episode 533 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. Sun is out. Lovely day. It's going to be warm for like three more days here. I don't know why that I always start talking about the weather at the beginning of our book podcasts.
1: It's fine. It's fine. fine.
0: Um, but yeah, I'm, I am lovely. Um, impossibly. It's already time for another monthly preview of books.
1: It is indeed.
0: So we're going to do April books. Um, I know we say this at the beginning of every one of these, but um, do you want to tell everyone what we're doing? Because we always get a ton of listeners for these. So I assume there might be some new people.
1: Sure. Hi, you people. Um, so <laughs> every every month, Adam and I preview. Um, some of the books we're looking forward to that's that are coming out in the next month. Um, so today we're going over April books and, um, all of them will be in the show notes. So you don't have to like frantically try and write them down if you're driving or something like that. Um, yeah, we don't share our lists in advance. I think this time, I don't think there are any that I'm worried you picked maybe one.
0: Yeah, I feel pretty
1: confident this month that there are no crossovers.
0: I think you're right. Also, I don't know if anyone can hear in the background. I feel like this is like the ninth straight recording where there's been a train. They don't come this frequently, and I don't know how this happens. Um yeah, I don't think so. Although I feel like the times when we get confident and say I'm not worried about any is the time we'll have like four overlapping. That's fair. That's fair. Um, there were a couple of books that admittedly I saw a person had a book coming out and like just added it to my list. because there, they're uh, like, there's a couple of authors who have books coming out this month that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to read that. I don't need to know anything about it. I added it to my list. And so I will read you guys the descriptions of those, but it will be the first time I'm hearing those descriptions too, because there's a few people on there, but um, I have 10 books.
1: I believe one, two, three, four, six. I think I have nine.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess no time like the present. We can just get right into it. Um, I'm going to laugh if you happen to have the first one. That's just because after we just got done saying that. So, my first one is The Music of Bees by Eileen Garvin. Nope. I okay. saw
1: it, but did not put it down.
0: Okay. So, um, this is a debut, and it's for people who liked Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Uh, it is three lonely strangers in a rural town in Oregon. Um, And they're obviously each working through their own like situations in life and the grief and things that they're going through. Um, But they're brought together on a local honeybee farm and they discover friendship and healing and maybe a second chance. So I have documented a few times this year that I love these small town, like fully like engrossing stories that are all takes place in like a very like low stakes place but it's a very personal type of a story so this is very much one of those um jake who is in the grips of a panic attack oh sorry not jake jake is the second person alice who is a uh 44 year old has this dead-end job and is reeling from the unexpected death of her husband and she starts having panic attacks and um she she it has one of these panic attacks and nearly collides with this other person who's Jake, who is a paraplegic teenager. Um, And while she collides with him, she's carrying 120,000 honeybees in the back of her pickup truck as one does. Um, And then they meet another character named Harry, who's a 24 year old with with debilitating social anxiety and they get together and basically form an unlikely friendship. So just very much into it. And also I like secretly, I love, bees and honey and all sorts of things around them yeah you're making the right face it's a very strange thing to say but the music of bees by eileen garvin uh or yeah by eileen garvin i'm very excited for this one
1: my first one is when the stars go dark by paula mclean did you put paula's book on i did it because
0: i knew you were going to okay
1: um we love paula mclean she's clevelander so this is her uh newest and it sounds slightly different from what she's written before so i'm very excited. So Anna Hart is a seasoned missing persons detective in San Francisco with far too much knowledge of the darkest side of human nature. So again, already we are sort of diverging from Mm -hmm. Paula's like (laughs) um, other literary fiction. So when tragedy strikes her personal life, Anna, desperate and numb, flees to the Northern California village of Mendocino to grieve. She lived there as a child with her beloved foster parents, and now she believes it might be the only place left for her. Yet the day she arrives, she learns that a local teenage girl has gone missing. The crime feels frighteningly reminiscent of the most crucial time in Anna's childhood when the unsolved murder of a young girl touched Mendocino and changed the community forever. As past and present collide, Anna realizes that she has been led to this moment. The most difficult lessons of her life have given her insight into how victims come into contact with violent predators. And as Anna becomes obsessed with saving the missing girl, she must accept that true courage means getting out of her own way and learning to let others in. Uh, So this sounds just
0: Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah.
1: Amazing. I love Paul McLean.
0: Yeah, she is delightful. Um, Okay. My next one is one of the ones that, again, I saw who was writing it and I just said, yes. So Pieces by Helen Oyeyemi. Um, Did you have this one? I did not. Okay. All right. So if you are familiar with anything Helen Oyemi has written before, um, Gingerbread, I think is her most recent one, um, and also Boy Snowbird, and then um, What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours. She dabbles in fantasy and magical realism and just is an exceptional storyteller, and this one is no different. So there's two characters, Otto and Xavier. They are uh, siblings, and their aunt gifts them a trip on this sleeper train to embark on basically getting them out of the house. Uh, So they go off with their pet mongoose, which is just delightful. And uh, they arrive at this train and they soon realize that the train is no ordinary locomotive. Um, It is a former tea smuggling train and everyone who's listened to recent episodes know that Jill and I love tea. Uh, And if, so basically what ends up happening is this train is just filled with things that are in their imagination. Um, there's mysterious things like random ingredients from their favorite breakfasts, or just like people that, you know, they think that they're entirely by themselves and then they discover a mysterious secretive woman with a surprising message. And then they basically just go on this fantastical adventure on this train and learn more and more about all these mysteries that take place there. So love a train. I feel like that's something that I don't realize I love until I see a book that's a a mystery on a train and then I get very excited about it. So that's Pieces by Helen Oyeyemi, and I cannot wait to read it.
1: My next one is Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanato. So, I'm guys, this one is like a mashup of a murder mystery and a rom com, and I don't even know where to start with this. It's so delightful. So, when Madeline Chen ends up accidentally killing her blind date, like already.
0: <laughs> Sorry, what?
1: Yeah. When Medellin Chan ends up accidentally killing her blind date, her meddlesome mother calls for her even more meddlesome aunties to help get rid of the body. (laughs) Unfortunately, a dead body proves to be a lot more challenging to dispose of than one might anticipate, especially when it is inadvertently shipped in a cake cooler to the -the over-the-top... Shaped in a cake cooler to the over the top billionaire wedding that Medi, her ma and aunties are working at an island resort on the California coastline. So they like, they're like, yeah, like cake. It's like a cake bakery, like wedding cakes. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, do fancy wedding cakes. And somehow this accidental murder, like killing gets shipped in the cake cooler with the cake. And so now they have to like, it's just like it like romp you don't hear words romp very often right (laughs) or like a comedy of errors like this just sounds so amazing there's so much to love here style a for aunties
0: just i I love everything yeah that was one i was like oh jill is 100 to have this one on her list i was very sure of that uh my next one is the night always comes by willie Vlotton. Um, this is another similar one, it feels like, to The Music of Bees, where it's, it's a uh, kind of a dark story that takes place in, in a small town in the world. So um, there's our main character's name is Lynette, and she is barely 30, but she is exhausted and she's working multiple jobs, some of them illegal. Um, but she's been working diligently to buy the house that she lives in with her mother and develop, developmentally disabled brother, Kenny. Uh, a sick place in Portland where the housing prices have nearly quadrupled in the last 15 years. And the owner is actually giving them a good deal. So um, Lynette knows it's kind of their last chance for their own home and to uh, obtain security that they've never had. Um, and, you know, she, the week before they're set to sign the loan papers, her mom kind of freaks out and pushes Lynette to have to go and find the money on her own. So this, this book takes place over two days and it's like Lynette's frantic search to figure out how to make this happen, um, and of course she ends up confronting dark past things that have happened in her life, and um, so it's really just, but it's really this like portrait of a woman who's just trying to find security and for her family. So, um, and the the cover is is very like hauntingly simple and beautiful. So that's the night always comes by William Lawton.
1: My next one is You Love Me by Caroline Kepnes. Okay. We have talked about Caroline's book, You, before. It was a huge <laughs> show on Blockbuster, and now she's back. Joe's back, I should say. Hold on, um, hold on, hold
0: on, hold on. I, I'm going to... Did you just say it was a huge show on Blockbuster?
1: Oh, my God. I totally did because I misread the thing. <laughs> it was supposed to be a Blockbuster show on Netflix.
0: Oh, sorry. That was I was like, oh, Blockbuster. Wow.
1: Wow. You can keep that in. I'm totally fine with that. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, I'm going to. That made me so happy.
1: Wow. Blockbuster show on Netflix. Oh my God. Okay. So Joe, good old Joe, man. So if you haven't read you, I feel like I need some context for you. Um, you is a, it's basically like about a stalker told from the point of view of the stalker. And, um, It's told in such a way that you sort of like start to sympathize with the stalker, which is a very weird experience, but you know what? It works. So Joe is done with the cities. He's done with the muck and the posers, and he's done with love. Now he's saying hello to nature, to simple pleasures on a cozy Island in the Pacific Northwest for the first time in a long time. He can just breathe. So he gets a job at a local library. He does know a thing or two about books. He's had worked as a bookseller previously. And that's where he meets her, Mary Kay DeMarco. She's a librarian. Now, Joe will not meddle. He will not obsess. He'll win her the old fashioned way by providing a shoulder to cry on or a helping hand. Over time, they'll both heal their wounds and begin their happily ever after in this sleepy town. The trouble is Mary Kay already has a life. She's a mother. She's a friend. She's busy. She's busy. And true love can only triumph if both people are willing to make room for the real thing. Joe has cleared his decks. He's ready. And hopefully with his encouragement and undying support, Mary Kay will do the right thing and make room for him. Oh God, I love it. Good old Joe. So that is You Love Me. Bye Caroline Kepnes.
0: Was you the show that there are all the memes going on around where like the, the stalker was like hiding behind like a lamppost and it's like, how did she see me? Like, it was like, I think there were all these memes of how he was actually very bad at hiding. I don't remember,
1: I don't remember, but I do know that I first read you because it was um, recommended to me on the podcast by our coworker, Andrea, she and Christina were her big fans of it and had Mm. come on and talked about it. And I was like, that sounds delightful.
0: Yeah. I remember trying to watch the show and just being like, I don't like feeling super uncomfortable watching shows. And I felt like my skin was crawling, and I was like, I can't deal with this. This is so uncomfortable.
1: Like, it's just, I mean, the book you is, I don't even know how to describe it because yeah, Joe is super obsessive and, um, just makes some really terrible decisions. And yet, because you're reading this, like from his perspective, she writes it in such a way where you're like, no, that makes total sense. Like I can totally understand why you would do that and it's a little it's it's a very unnerving experience which i think says a lot about kind of um the power of that book and her writing Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, my next one is these feathered flames by alexandra Aubrey. So this is a retelling of a old Russian folk tale called the Firebird, and if you're a long time listener, you know that I love me some Russian literature, and that includes Russian folk tale. Uh, It's also described as three dark crowns meets wicked saints, which delightful. Um, It's a queer own voices retelling, and so if you're not familiar with the Firebird folk tale, this is basically there's two there's two twin heirs of a throne. And um, one of them is a remains at court to learn all the skills and needs, she needs to be a future queen. And Asia is taken away to their aunt where she learns the magical, like mysterious magic that has been in their realm, their realm that keeps everything balanced. Um, but before Asia's training is completed, she has this like ancient power that kind of like explodes inside of her. And what that means is that the queen is dead and there needs to be a new ruler. And so the princesses come to understand that, um, you know, basically what they're going to need to do to help rule this land and also try to figure out uh, who killed their mother and who they can trust. And so, um, you know, I I love a fantasy that involves uh, courts and, and magic and and intrigue and things. So, um, also, this is—I think this is one of two YA fantasy things coming out of that are on my list that just sound delightful. So, that's "These Feathered Flames" by Alexandra. I think it's Avery.
1: My next one is "Broken in the Best Possible Way" by Jenny Lawson. Uh, if you are familiar with Jenny Lawson, she is on Twitter. Um, and as a blog, as the blog guest, she's hilarious, but she's also very sort of open and transparent about um, her mental health struggles. So in Broken, um, she explores her experimental treatment of transcranial magnetic stimulation with brutal honesty as the way of sort of, um, dealing with her depression, but she does it also with brutal humor. She discusses the frustration of dealing with her insurance company and she tackles things like just the most random things. She's just hilarious and, um, is just very slice of life, but in honest and funny way, she, um, has written several other, essays uh essay books and essay collections and this is just the latest so that's broken in the best possible way she also has the best covers
0: of her books yes
1: that's also just a random aside her book covers are
0: delightful and this is so different is this one another like um weird looking animal holding something she's holding a weird looking animal ah perfect (laughs) even better (laughs) she is holding a weird looking animal oh that's great um okay my next one is the drowning kind by jennifer mcmahon did you have this i did go ahead all right all right i i waited this was like pretty high up on the list that you and i both look at so i thought you would have said it earlier that's why i waited okay this this will become if you are a listener to the podcast of any amount of time this will become evidence why we both put it on our list pretty quickly uh so just to give you that, somebody has uh another famous author has has dubbed this the literary descendant of Shirley Jackson. And it very much is like a modern day ghost story. So uh, there's a character, there's a social worker whose name is Jax. Jax receives nine calls. That is in my background. There are all sorts of noises going on in Lakewood today. Um, Jax receives nine missed calls from her older sister, Lexi, and just assumes that it's part of Lexi's kind of manic episodes. Um, Lexi, kind of has pushed Jax away for a year. Uh, the next day, Lexi is dead, drowned in a pool at this estate that their grandmother had. So Jax arrives, starts going through her things and finds out that Lexi was researching their family history and the property. And as she dives deeper and deeper, she finds out that um, in the 1920s, there was a 37-year-old newlywed named Ethel who wanted a baby. And in order to distract her, her husband took her away on this trip to Vermont where they have this natural spring and this new hotel. And Ethel learns that the water there is rumored to grant wishes, but it also takes away in equal measure what it gives. And so Jax is kind of uncovering this darkness in their in their past, and it just sounds like you're not going to be able to trust anything that is, is said. So this sounds very dark and creepy and gothic and wonderful. So That's The Drowning Kind by Jennifer McMahon.
1: My next one is call baby by Morgan Jerkins. <laughs>
0: okay. So we had two on our lists. Okay.
1: I think this was the one I was, this is the one I was worried about. You'd have. Okay. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's a good trade-off. It works. absolutely. Um, so Layla desperately wants to become a mother, but each of her previous pregnancies has ended in heartbreak. This time has to be different, so she turns to the Melanchons, an old and powerful Harlem family known for their call, a precious layer of skin that is the secret source of their healing power. When a deal for Layla to acquire a piece of call falls through, she is heartbroken, but when the child is stillborn, she is overcome with grief and rage. What she doesn't know is that a baby will soon be delivered in her family by her niece Amara, an ambitious college student and delivered to the Melanchons to raise as one of their own. Hallow is special. She's born with a call and their matriarch, Maman, predicts a girl will restore the family's prosperity. Growing up, Hollow feels that something in her life is not right. Did Josephine, the woman she calls mother, really bring her into the world? Why does her cousin Helena get to go to school and roam the streets of New York freely while she's confined to the family's decrepit brownstone? As the Melanchons thirst to maintain their status grows Amara now a successful lawyer running for district attorney looks for a way to avenge her long-standing grudge against the family when mother and daughter cross paths hollow will be forced to decide where she truly belongs so Morgan Jerkins writes has written nonfiction. she's a phenomenal writer and I am so excited for this fiction debut of hers um it's you know kind of compared to ta Coates and Jacqueline Woodson and it's on like all of the most anticipated mm-hmm. book of the year lists. And uh, yeah, very, very excited for this.
0: Yeah, that was the other one where I just saw that Morgan Jerkins had written a fiction, a piece of yeah. fiction. I was like, put it on the list. So yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, they are wonderful. Um, okay, my next one is World Travel by Anthony Bourdain. Um, this, okay, so Anthony Bourdain obviously you know passed away tragically um this is a all of this is a lot of his writing that had ever been published before from these um from his travels it's this is it's a it's a travel guide but it's written in the way that only like anthony Bourdain could could do it um so it there's essays about places in in new york to all the way um to buenos aires paris shanghai and it's just um you know it's anything Anthony Bourdain is going to be like entertaining and fun, but also practical and just like an honest portrayal of, of travel and some of his favorite places and where you should eat if you go to those places and all these things. But it's also, um, in addition to all of his own words, there's some, some essays by friends and colleagues and family members um, that talk about their relationship with Anthony um, and just, you know, various things. So it is, being released at the perfect time as we're all starting to get vaccinated and the world is opening up a little bit more and you know maybe we're able to travel in the somewhat near future. Um, and I very much have that bug. So just excited to, I didn't honestly know that there was going to be more Anthony Bourdain writing ever in the world. So I'm very, very excited for, for world travel by, by Anthony Bourdain
1: i mm-hmm. trying to decide which one I want to go with. Okay. The Cost of Knowing by Brittany Morris. So Brittany is the author of Slay, which I adored.
0: You loved. Yeah. I
1: loved Slay. I love Slay. So I'm very excited for this. So um, this is described as Dear Martin meets They Both Die at the End. Sounds great to me so far. So 16-year-old Alex is trying his best. He tries to be the best employee he can at the local ice cream shop the best boyfriend he can to his amazing girlfriend, Talia, the best protector he can over his um, little brother, Isaiah. But as much as he tries, he often comes up short. It's hard for him to be present when every time he touches an object or a person, Alex sees into its future. When he touches a scoop, he has a vision of him using it to scoop ice cream. When he touches his car, he sees it years from now, totaled and underwater. That's terrifying. When he touches Talia, Talia, He sees them at the precipice of breaking up, also terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, Alex feels these visions are a curse, distracting him, making him anxious and unable to live an ordinary life. And when Alex touches a photo that gives him a vision of his brother's imminent death, everything changes. Now he's in a race against time, death, and circumstance, as he and Isaiah must grapple with their past, their future, and what it means to be a young Black man in America in the present um so good i'm so good
0: um okay my next one is called witches steeped in gold by sian smart a few things one my god is this cover beautiful like just stunningly yeah. witches steeped in gold if you want to look it up while i'm talking about it because wow um oh yeah yes. okay A Jamaican-inspired fantasy debut about two enemy witches who enter a deadly alliance to take down a common enemy, and it has a twisted cat and mouse. uh, It's a the twisted cat and mouse appeal of Killing Eve with the richly imagined fantasy world of Furyborn and Ember and the Ashes. Are you even kidding me? This book sounds perfect. Um, The two main characters' names are are, I want to say Araya who has spent her life in a cell, but every day brings her closer to freedom and vengeance. And then Jasmine, who is the queen's daughter, who has no intention of dying to strengthen her mother's power. Sworn enemies, these two witches enter a precarious alliance to take down a mutual threat. But power is intoxicating, revenge is a bloody pursuit, and nothing is certain except the lengths they will go to win in this game. This book sounds so fun and delightful. And again, my goodness, is the cover just stunning. Which is steeped in gold. Boy howdy.
1: Yeah, I like all of those words that you just said together <laughs> in one paragraph. Um, my next one, <laughs> my next one is Little Pieces of Me by Allison Hammer. Um, I feel like as a disclosure, Allison and I have the same literary agent, but that doesn't matter. I would still have this book on my list anyway. So this is about Paige, and she has signed up for one of those DNA testing sites. And um, gets an email announcing that her father is a man she has never met, and she's convinced this must be a mistake. But as she digs deeper into her mother's past, her own feelings of being the odd child out growing up, Paige begins to question everything she thought she knew. So back in 1975, Paige's mom Betsy was a straight A sophomore at the University of Kansas when her sweet but boring boyfriend disappoints her that's fair. Um, (laughs) Betsy decides she wants more out of life and is tired of playing it safe. Enter Andy Abrams, the golden boy on campus with a potentially devastating secret. After their night together has unexpected consequences, Betsy is determined to bury the truth and rebuild a stable life for her unborn child, whatever the cost. So now when Paige can't get answers from her mother, she goes looking for the only other person who was there that night. And the more she learns about what happened the more she sees her unflappable distant mother as a real person with an impossible choice but will it be enough to mend their broken relationship so it's told in dual timelines and it uh, you know like you hear these stories about people like real stories about people who get like do the dna testing and uh information comes to light that Mm -hmm. nobody knew about um and yeah I. I've read Allison's uh, other works and I'm just, I'm really excited for this one.
0: Anytime I hear anyone talk about the DNA testing thing, I think of there's this Patton Oswalt bit in a comedy special where he said, he talks about how he did that and he gets the results back and it's all pretty much what he expected. You know, like English, Irish, if you're familiar with Patton Patton Oswalt, he's a, he's a short uh, Caucasian male. Um, but he was going through and he's like, yeah, this all looks normal. And then it's like 15% Mongolian. And he's like, well, this must be a mistake. And he's like, and I called them and I said, I have a question about my DNA. And before I could even say anything, the person just goes, you're wondering if he, why you have Mongolian in your DNA. And he's like, I didn't even tell you who I was. Like, I assume that's why you're calling. And he goes, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's because Genghis Khan's DNA is basically in everyone in the world because he was so, um prolific in the way that he <laughs> raped women across all of the places that the Mongolian hordes took over and that literally basically everyone in the world is at least a little bit related to him and it was this whole thing and he's like so that was very weird to find out so literally every time I think about the DNA testing I'm like I want to do it but I also don't want to know if I'm a fun related to Genghis Khan like everyone else yeah um, that was an aside. Okay, my last one is The Son of Mr. Suleiman by Eric Jerome Dickey. Buckle up because a lot happens in this book. Uh, So it's the summer of 2019, and our main character's name is Professor Pai Suleiman, who is a Black man from Memphis. Uh, Not only does he have to contend with being a Black man in Trump's America, but he also has to fight for his career as an adjunct professor. Uh, He has to bite his tongue because one of his tenured colleagues... Um, is basically threatening, is blackmailing him uh, because claiming he's claiming that, she is claiming that he assaulted her, which is actually the opposite of what happened, but it would be, he knows, a he said, she said, with a white woman in a society that Pi knows he will definitely lose. Uh, He ends up meeting this person named Gemma, who is a sophisticated entrepreneur who has just moved to Memphis from London to escape a heartbreak, and they kind of fall into a romance, and just as things are getting, like, picking up a little bit, Uh, Pai's father, who is absentee and a celebrated writer in Los Angeles, uh, passes away and he has to go there, collect his inheritance and learn all about this man who never acknowledged him. And so he's trying to deal with issues of his own past, issues with his faculty and trying to figure out if this romance is going to be something that he can uh, truly enjoy. But uh, this book tackles racism and colorism and sexual assault and microaggressions and so many other things that, uh, so many people in this country, uh, especially people of color have to deal with on a daily basis. And it just sounds absolutely stunning. Another, a lot of really great book covers this month as well. That aren't like the standard, what you would see normally. So that's the song of Mr. Suleiman by Eric Jerome Dickey.
1: My last one is the murder game by Carrie Doyle. So boarding school at like with a murder y'all. I, can't I mean, lead with this. Well, you know, I got to save the best for last. I didn't mean that that way. I <laughs> no, no,
0: no.
1: did not mean that that way. All of the books I mentioned are delightful. They're all the best, but
0: yeah, but there's only one murder and a it's just like there's a only one
1: school. murder at a boarding school book on my list this month. And so we are ending with that. Um, so I don't really know what else I need to say. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke Chase didn't mean to get cut up solving the mystery of Mrs. Heckler's murder. She's a teacher at the school. He just wanted to meet up with the new British girl at their boarding school. And if that meant sneaking out into the woods after hours, then so be it. Little did he know someone would end up dead right next to their rendezvous spot and his best friend and roommate Oscar would go down for it. With suspects aplenty and a past that's anything but innocent, Luke calls on his famous survival skills to solve the mystery and find the true killer. Uh, yeah, so you know, I love me murder at boarding school.
0: What was the name of that one?
1: The Murder Game.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Throw, uh, throwing no punches or whatever, pulling no punches, as they say. It's they're telling you what it is. Very um, on the
1: nose, and they're just going to be like, "This is it. We're going with yeah. it."
0: Delightful. All right. Well, those are our April books. My gosh. Um, as we as we said, link in the show notes for every single book. Um, let us know if we missed anything that you are excited to read almost we have enough listeners and followers now or almost every time we post one of these there's like a blatantly obvious book that we don't talk about because it's like too popular and just doesn't interest either of us and they're both like i can't believe you didn't mention kristen hannah's new book and i'm like all right we everyone knows that's coming out
1: right like i feel like that should be like our standard disclaimer is that yeah we're telling you about the books you might not know about like i don't need to tell you that john grisham and Nora roberts (laughs) have books coming out in april they do
0: spoiler you alert. probably
1: don't need me to tell you about them though if you're listening yes. to this podcast you probably are up on books enough
0: to be aware yeah spoiler alert they're gonna have a book coming out like every month um so yeah okay those are our april books um i don't think there's any other programs or anything right now going on um
1: big library read starts in two weeks
0: oh well, yeah okay. so i don't
1: know if it's too early to talk about that but
0: I think, let me take a look really quickly. Um, So if you go to biglibraryread.com, you can get some more information about the upcoming Big Library Read program, uh, which is The Art of Taking It Easy by Dr. Brian King. Dr. Brian King is also a comedian, very funny. Uh, And we're gonna be doing a live event that I believe you can register for um, on the website. And if you can't right now, you'll be able to very, very soon. We're gonna do a fun live event um via zoom of course as all things so yeah good remember by you um okay all right well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast